0: Welcome to the Woodland Heights Baptist Church Sunday Talks podcast. Sunday Talks is a weekly roundtable discussion about theological and cultural topics. For more information and show notes, visit whbcconway.org forward slash Sunday Talks. Here's your host, Pastor Larry White. Welcome to Sunday Talks. For the last 10 weeks, including this week, we've been talking about Christian doctrines, the things that form who we are as Christians, what we believe, the essentials of our faith, uh, and those things that make up who we are as the body of Christ that we have understanding and what we uh, call the church. And so tonight we're going to conclude uh, this uh, study with with a focus on the church and just what does it mean when we say the church, and we'll talk about that. And hopefully it'll, again, stir your heart and mind to want to study more of God's Word uh, as it pertains to, to this particular doctrine. A lot of verses we could refer to when we think about the church, but the one that was first... Uh, thought of when we think of the church in the New Testament uh, and that is I when I read this verse one of the great things about getting to go to the Holy Land is that you will remember uh, the place you were and remember when Jesus spoke these words in, in, in Matthew 16 uh, when he was at, uh, in the northern side of, of, um, of Israel. Uh, and he uh, was with his disciples alone, and Peter makes his confession of faith. And Jesus says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then we know again later when he ascended, just before he ascended into heaven, he told his disciples one last time these words, that we are to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all, all the things that I've commanded you. And so those two, those two scriptures, along with many others, but certainly those two, help to form what we understand is the, the, really the beginning, establishment of the church of Jesus with his disciples. And here we are now, 2,000 years past that time, and those 12 men... Uh, literally turned the world upside down and they took uh, that gospel message and they took the things they had observed and taught it to others uh, it's been it's been the gospel's been translated into hundreds and hundreds of languages uh, people of all nations and people groups all over the world have have heard about this Jewish Messiah Jesus Christ and many have been converted and come to faith in him and we still follow these same teachings and we've become part of what we call the church. Uh, The book of Acts tells the story of the early church from the beginning, from those 12 disciples until that 12 became 120. That 120 in one day we hear at Pentecost became 5,000. And then they multiplied many times over in rapid uh, succession from Jerusalem. And many, many people believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and exponentially the church grew. And so when we think about church, we'll just try to come up with a definition here of what what is the church. We have a wonderful document that we use as Southern Baptists, and I don't say it often enough, and it would actually be helpful in all of these essential doctrines called the Baptist Faith and Message. And you can go to uh, sbc.net and you can find that there. Uh, you can also, if you just Google Baptist Faith and Message 2000, you'll want to look for that one. There are a couple other earlier versions, but 2000 is the most recent one, which, which lines up most with most uh, what we believe today. And it's just a confession of our of our faith. In the Baptist faith message, there is a definition of the church, and I want to just use that today. Uh, it says, a New Testament church, or when we think of New Testament church, it's Jesus' church, the church He established. Uh, the New Testament church of the Lord Jesus Christ is an autonomous local congregation of baptized believers associated by covenant in the faith and fellowship of the gospel, observing the new tor- the two ordinances of Christ, governed by His laws, exercising the gifts, rights, and privileges invested in them by His Word and seeking to extend the gospel to the ends of the earth. Each congregation operates under the Lordship of Christ through democratic processes. In such a uh, congregation, each member is responsible and accountable to Christ as Lord. Its scriptural officers are pastors and deacons. While both men and women are gifted for service in the church, the office of the pastor is limited as qualified in scripture. The New Testament, and here's the expanded definition with that, in that same uh, document, the New Testament speaks also of the church as the body of Christ, which includes... All redeemed of all ages, believers of every tribe, tongue, and people and nation. And so when we think of the church, we take those two those two parts of the church. There is the local church, the local body, which for us that are members of this church is Woodland Heights Baptist Church, and then there's the universal church. Uh, by universal, I mean, again, all as as this document says, all believers from all times. Uh, those first those who were disciples those who were saved in Jerusalem uh, to those who'll be saved in, in in the last days as a Christian we're part of both groups we're part of a local body we're also part of this universal and larger body that will be gathered together in heaven one day the New Testament word for church uh, is is a, a, a word ecclesia. Uh, it means to gather together. It means meeting. It means assembly. Uh, that's what that was how the church was described. They were called out and they were together together. There are uh, a number of metaphors the Bible uses to describe the church, and I think this is helpful for us to understand what the role and the, the purpose of the church. In John fifteen five, Jesus says, "...I'm the vine and you're the branches." Uh, you can really do nothing apart from me We draw our source and our strength from him And so we're, the first metaphor is, is branches on the vine In Romans chapter 11 we're, we're compared to an olive tree In uh, 1 Corinthians 3 we're com- called God's building uh, Many times you'll find in, in Paul's writings Referred to us in, as the body of Christ Each person having a different function in the church While we're still part of the same body First uh, Corinthians 12 is the, is the best passage for that we're also called the family of God, as we see God as our Father in Ephesians 3, and we are His sons and daughters, 2 Corinthians 6, 18, and brothers and sisters to each other, uh, 1 John 3, 14 through 18. Uh, those are some of the metaphors, and, and just a few more. We're called the Bride of Christ, the relationship that a husband and a wife share refers to Christ and His church in Ephesians chapter 5. We're called the Pillar of Truth, 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15 we are living stones which comes out of the cornerstone which is Jesus Christ 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, we're called a flock of sheep, and that's referred to even Old Testament times. We have this role of sheep to shepherd as Christ being our shepherd. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2 speaks to that. And then another passage from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 gives several metaphors. We are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of His own possession. There's another way that I would also share besides those metaphors of helping to explain what this word church means, what what we are as the church, and really you can take it partly, again, out of that word ekklesia. Ekklesia doesn't mean gathering and coming together, but the first part of the word is ek, uh, which means to take out of or to throw out. Um, We've been called, as Christians, out from the world. Uh, The New Testament speaks of this over and over again, but we've been called to a separate life, to live a holy life, to live a righteous life. Uh, That doesn't mean being called out of the world that we are to live in a commune somewhere or or do as Amish or other groups may do where we don't have any existence with people who are non-believers. It doesn't mean that at all. In fact, it means that we are to live a holy life living by a different standard, but we're to do it in the world. We're to do it around other people and coexist with them. We, we've, been, we've been called out of that, but we still live in this world, and we're called uh, out to, to Him that, that while we are in this world, we live a, a different life, a life that's different from the rest of the world. So we're three, really threefold in this, in this understanding is that we're called out. Then secondly, we're called together. As we're called out, we're called to this body of believers. We're grouped together in local groups called the church. Uh, we're not truly the church when we're apart. Um, you can be a, you can be a part of the church, but as a Christian, you need to be connected to that body. Um, and, and that's just to say too. And this is we do this online. I'm glad we're able to do this online. It's fact, like the only way we do Sunday talks is either online or, or uh, on other uh, platforms that you engage, and maybe you engage completely by yourself. But this is not the church this is this is a tool that the church uses but the church meets together face-to-face. Uh, that may be two or three people gathering together. It may be multitudes of people, but church uh, is, is a group of people called together together as best possible. I'll say more about that in a little bit. We're called together together. So we're called to called out, we're called together, and then third, we're called to be sent out. We're sent out to the nations. God calls us to live in the, in the world and li- live a life different from the world. He calls us together, and after, after we've gathered We ought to be sending people out we need to constantly be sending people out because our father loves all people and he wants more and more people to hear the glorious news of of the salvation that he offers through his son and he wants people from every tongue and tribe and nation to worship him and so we need to send people out to continue to proclaim uh, what his desire is someone also defined the church this way it's those who are saved born again regenerate people of god who proclaim the purposes of god for the praises of god so all these things describe the church there's a lot of different ways to do that um, one question i want to ask us to think about is how does the how does that relate to us locally one of the great challenges for the church is is that when you call people out from the world and you bring people together is how do you maintain unity particularly when you got people coming from all different kinds of walks of life when we do that here locally in conway um, and you know that if you, if you attend our church, uh, we have a pretty wide variety of people. You know, sometimes in a small church, you can have people all from, pretty much from the same family, maybe from the same uh, uh, working lifestyle and, and soci- socio-economical lifestyle. We, we, we have a pretty broad range, and I'm grateful for that. I think that's what the body of Christ should look like. It certainly should look like the uh, community. But because we're different, we have differences. We have personal preferences. And as the church, we have something else besides just being humans trying to uh, interact together. We have an enemy who whose greatest desire, once we come to Christ, is to keep us divided, to, to cause us to have frustration. 1 Thessalonians 2. Chapter 2 talks about this, says that Satan hinders us. So we have to work hard to stay together in unity. And so here's where, here's where unity matters and why it matters. I want to just give you four or five of these, these thoughts about this. One is that for the church, there must be theological unity, uh, particularly when we're thinking about the local church, the, lo- the broader church. Uh, There's a lot of differing views of that, but ultimately, truly, to be a part of the church, there are some things that are essential that apply to all people. But the leaders and the members of the church must agree on what we will and will not fight for. Every church must clarify what it means to be primary, and sometimes people say closed-handed doctrines. Those things that I'm not going to release, I'm not going to let go of, I'm going to hang on to these things. We would urge that, that every church uh, 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 practice these doctrines, and certainly that we do this as a church, that we believe in the Trinity and we understand the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are objects of our worship. We believe the Scripture to be God's Word, that it is in, infallible, inerrant. It's not with, it's not up for debate. We believe that Jesus is fully God, that He was born of a virgin without sin, uh, died for our sins, that He physically rose from the dead, that salvation now is available to us only by the grace of God and by Faith alone in Christ alone, and there are also though those those are things that we don't debate about. We don't argue that there's another way. That's the only way. But there are other things that the church as as a whole would look at. So, well, those are more open-handed things. Uh, we're talking about this in First Thessalonians now. Uh, certainly, we will when we get to the fourth chapter. Is what is what do we believe about the rapture of the church, and the second coming of Christ? Uh, there are varying views in probably every Sunday school class that we have at church, much less the church as a whole. And we can, we can. Ha- that's perfectly fine. There, there, there's, there's room for that in interpretation of scripture. Even things that are less important than that, musical styles. Uh, what does the Bible say about music? It certainly has something to say about it, but but it doesn't say you have to sing this particular style or only these things. Um, or even even uh, even less important than that maybe is is schooling options for your children. Uh, what should you do? Should you homeschool? You Should you send your kids to private school? Should you send your kids to a public school? Um, those things, there needs to be some, some those are secondary issues. Um, and there's a range of issues that fall into that. that we got to have a humble and teachable spirit as we, as we have theological unity. And that leads to the second kind of unity and relational unity it doesn't mean that everybody likes everybody else and and, and and always wants to spend time with each other but it does mean that we love one another and that we are cordial to one another we are respectful friendly kind in our interpersonal interactions and, and that you got to have to have that in the church that's important there's got to be physical uh, uh, philosophical unity uh, characterized by ministry and style uh, the, the house, uh, the, there are house rules and ministry philosophies that the church uh, adheres to and uh, that cause us to have a particular style and culture in the church, and we got to have agreement in that in the church. Those are, those are things that we have to find agreement with. Missional unity, what's the objective of the church? Why are we here? What's our purpose ultimately? And the goal of the church biblically to glorify God, and how do we choose to do that? How, how, do, we, how do we represent Christ? How do we reach the world? and then and that leads to the organizational unity how do we organize all this what how do we base things and what what's what's going to be the jobs of the church and the job descriptions and performance reviews and financial policies and all those things and you know there's no wonder there's so many different denominations you know even even right here on 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 the west side of conway we've got every kind of church you can imagine part of it becomes because we found unity in these different areas but that's part, part of what the church does Now, those things may not sound very important to you, but it's those very things that often split a church over secondary, uh, tertiary, non-essential matters. And when we make those things the main thing, we're in trouble. And so that's why I presented this whole series on Christian doctrine these are the main things. These are the things we need to agree upon as the church. And, and together, when we do that, then we'll find that uh, we, we can we can work with each other. Because if you love the church, you're going to find a way to get along with the church. You're going to find a way to, to be in harmony. I want to share one more statement before I, before I wrap this up. Um, I was listening to uh, J.I. Packer, a great theologian, talk about the church, and he made a statement. Um, I couldn't find it written anywhere. I think it was just purely him speaking from his heart, um, but I, I wrote down what he said. This is what he said. He said, The church is, is the fellowship of all Christians. It is the family of God. So just as every father wants all of his children to take each other seriously and live together in love as, as a family, so our Heavenly Father wants the whole community out of those he saved from every tribe, nation, culture, to take each other seriously as the people of God. The family of God organizes itself in any number of what we call congregations. Congregations are groups of Christians from the same area who gather together to worship God the Father, to worship and love the Lord Jesus, God the Son, and love each other by the fact that they are all in the family of God, and to spread the gospel in their part of the world, and to organize the spreading of the gospel to the rest of the world. Now, here's here's what here's why I saved this whole this whole uh, 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 quote from J.I. Packer. He says this: Any person who thinks he can be a Christian by by his own is really perverse. And he emphasized, yes, I mean perverse. It's perverse to think this, that you can't live the real Christian life except as a member of the family and as part of the church. Uh, many people try to do that, but we certainly can't do that. And I, I hope that you, if you didn't catch it this morning, that you'll listen to the message from the morning of March 20th from First from Thessalonians chapter 2 and part of chapter 3. I think it fits well with, with what I want to share tonight about loving the church. Uh, I'm thankful for the church. I've shared this multiple times that it was through the church that I heard the gospel, through the church that I was trained and raised up and taught. For the church where I, I committed my life to Christ, I sensed a call to serve God, that I had opportunity to serve God. It's even there where I met my wife and, and, and has been a huge part of my life. And it's with the people of God that we call the church that we're going to spend all eternity. They've become our family. They've become who, who we are together. And so we, we just can't put a, too much value on the church. So I, with all that, I hope you'll spend some time doing that. All these things we've talked about these 10 weeks have, have come to this culmination of talking about the church. All these doctrines fit into who we are as the church. And I want to thank you again for joining us every time for these editions of Sunday Talks and talking about these things that are so important. Tonight concludes this session on on this season on son, on uh, Christian doctrine. We're going to take a break next week, and so we won't be pr- producing another one. We do this about four times a year for the purpose of one, to give me a break and, and Caleb a break and whoever else needs a break from this, but also... It gives you a chance to catch up, because I know sometimes we miss a week, or maybe we miss multiple weeks, so hopefully you can catch up on Christian doctrine. Then we're going to come back the following week, the first part of April, and I'm going to start a series that I'm calling Baptist Statesmen. These are men from around our state who have been just really influential in the state of Arkansas and in our church life and Baptist life over several decades, and there's some of them that are even in our church that are going to be a part of this. I think it's going to be a blessing to you just to hear how God's used them and some of the things they've been through as they've led the church, as they've led the denomination here in Arkansas, and so I hope that'll be a blessing to you. Again, I always ask you to share this with others if it's been helpful to you, and if you enjoyed it, to let me know. Hope you have a great week, and we'll see you the next time we do Sunday Talks together.